queen. <laughs> and we're live. I just interrupted Larry waxing philosophic about the burial of the queen. Um, <clears throat> this is episode 129. And we came up with the title about 10 minutes ago. Because we were just talking about things in general. And Larry's like, uh, God, you know what the people need to do? Get off your ass and go to work. And I thought, <laughs> we have ourselves a show title. So this one could get a little spicy. Uh, we are brought to you by Pittsburgh Power. So let's get that out of the way. And and then hopefully they don't rue the day that they signed up for that deal when they get done with this podcast. <laughs> well, they keep, they keep sending the checks. Yeah, so. they keep sending the checks. So um, can you hear that ding or is it just me? That's just you. Jeez, I'm, I think the queen is his. That's exactly what's she's happening. reaching out to me from the beyond. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Pittsburgh <clears throat> Power um, manufacturers, distributors of the OPS products, which we've used since 2009. Um, and also the Max Mileage Fuel Catalyst, which we've been using ever since we knew about it and got our EGRs cleaned up and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So if you like these products, so uh, you, we've got them in our stock or you can call Pittsburgh power, tell them we sent you. And, um, uh, I think you'll like, um, if you've got a, any type of emissions truck, EGR. So Oh four, all the way up, you should be running the catalyst. It'll keep your, uh, <clears throat> it'll keep your, your, the soot clean, EGR clean, proves it, proves combustion. They've got a new one coming out in the winter time. That's also going to take the place of, the uh, anti-gel mm-hmm. and um so anyway good product did, if you run dpf did you watch that tiktok about the egr that i put in our fluid message okay well there were some it was ad i think it's called ad trucking repair on tiktok now he's the guy that also said that there wasn't gonna be any oil and so he was proven wrong on that but um he does put a lot of interesting content out when it comes to just building engines and he gave the best explanation of EGR that I've heard um, that they were trying to uh, reduce NOx by lowering combustion chamber temperatures. And by introducing the exhaust gases, they were doing that, but it killed the power. So they had to raise the compression, uh, the, uh, no, they had to raise the uh, 18 to 1, 15 to 1. Compression ratio. Compression ratio. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Well, then he and, further and, explained and, and the coolant reservoir size, the radiator size, right. keep it cool. Well, what he was explaining was when you delete an EGR and you don't comp- change the compression ratio, you cause that um, in exhaust gas temperature inside the cylinder to be much much higher. Be much higher. Exactly right. And that's what blows them up. And that's um, what cracks the heads and causes all the problems with them. Now, his explanation, I haven't done mm-hmm. anything to verify this, but his ex- explanation of why EGR led to DPF is that the EGR is what creates the particulate problem. Uh, that apparently, I supposedly, that. EGR solved the NOx issue. Right. But <clears throat> then we had the particulates, and so right. then we had to put the filter, and then we had to do SCR. So... It's one cur- one problem that created more problems, and well, so the, what? The diesel engine, okay, was invented by the same people who 
started Mercedes Benz. I can't, it's, it's Carl Benz and Mercedes is somebody's daughter, but whoever the other one was, I can't remember what his name was. Mm -hmm. And the engineers that when I worked with Mercedes, okay. The engineers at Mercedes Benz said the single worst thing you could ever do to a diesel engine is EGR Mm -hmm. single worst thing. And that's, you're right. That's where the particular problem came from. So anyway, go ahead. So what Max mileage does is it changes that, uh, combustion temperature of the fuel, which reduces the soot level. And when you re- root off diesel, there it is. Yeah. Um, when you reduce that, com- or when you change that combustion temperature uh, by putting the catalyst in the fuel, then that reduces the soot. And the soot is what <clears throat> is causing the particulates and, and, and all the other problems. So, true, true. Um, you know, so we have a 2016 Cascadia in our fleet that came to us and it had a bunch of problems. It had yellow lights all over the place. Uh, we had it diesel force cleaned. We changed force, force regen all the time. <clears throat> yeah, we Shout did. Uh, we changed one sensor. I believe it was the I believe it was the knock sensor. It was an output temperature per something. We changed one sensor. We diesel force cleaned it, and we've been running max mileage in it ever since. And it has yet to break down. Now it's got a check engine light on all the damn time, of course, but it does not shut off. It does not, you know, it regens properly. And we good God, we probably put 200,000 on it. And it's getting, and it's getting right at eight miles a gallon. Mm-hmm. Mileage. Um, and so, you know, it has been pretty much trouble free since we cleaned it and started using max mileage in it. And, um, and and when the person, the truck owner sent it here, you know, he was having, I mean, we, we, we have a problem with just getting it here, you mm-hmm. know? Um, yeah. And uh, so anyway, it's, it's, it's been, it's, it's been our experimental truck. You know, we've talked about this more and more where, you know, our lunatic trucks are getting harder and harder. Although I'm finding a lot more of them, you know, lately on Facebook, one or two pop up every day and the prices are coming down. But anyway, we, we got to figure out what we're going to do for the next generation of lunatic truck. And we thought the 2016 and up Cascadia may be that, that piece, um, motor wise, maybe, but God almighty from the, from the rest of the cab wiring standpoint. Yeah. It's a nightmare. You know, well, um, we just, we had, so the DD 15 is known for bottom end failure between 800,000 and a million. And it usually comes from, it's not really a parts failure. It's an oil pump issue. There's these pickup tubes that have O-rings that will deteriorate and drop your oil pressure and then trash the bearings. So we had that, I think I'm thinking, I'm doing this from memory. I'm thinking that was 25 to $2,700 or something like that. Um, We had uh, rod and main bearings, oil pump, oil pump manifold, and, um, the pickup tubes and uh, O-rings done in it at 800. It's 800 and something thousand, I think 850. Um, so it's uh, it's in pretty good shape. Um, it's for sale, by the way. So um, the truck owner's got to want to go a different direction with it. So it's for sale. So send us an email, 55,000. It can be yours. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, it, it's been a pretty good truck. We had a team in it. And uh, Richie's driving it right now, eight hundred and fifty-four thousand to be exact. Uh, <laughs> Richie, Richie just took a bunch of pictures for us today, so 
Uh, send us an email if you're interested in a 2016 Cascadia with 854,000 miles. It's got some kind of battery-powered APU in it that I don't think works, but maybe you could make it work. But it's a pretty solid unit. Um, I'm just, you know, I'm just not such not a fan of the DD15 in general. But the the series, you know, I mean, well, we we can put a head gasket on a Series 60 for what, 2,500 bucks, and and we put a head gasket on a 2010 DD15, and it was seven grand. Almost eight thousand. Yeah. Now that was at this dealership. So But but now you know we can put series sixty in that will be no problem. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That will well, be this, no problem. This is not a problem. This is not a problem. <clears throat> well, let's get to the subject matter at hand. Um <clears throat> and that would be what? Get off your ass and get to work. Um <clears throat> we've got a bunch of good people in our program that, uh, and, and we've got others that, you know, our BCOs that, um, that contract with us, you know, to do their dispatching and stuff and, and have Larry help them with accounting. So I'm not talking about anybody specifically. I'm just talking about everybody. Okay. So if you're listening to this and you're in a blue ribbon truck or you're one of our clients, don't take this personally. I'm just talking about everybody. Well, and it's also, we, we, for some reason, we we hit on a streak of, of people who were coming to us that Landstar Recruiting is sending us. And so it's not just our people. It's the people that we've been talking to, you know, in the last few weeks. And, and we just, we just sort of have hit a common thread, you know, and, and, and the, you know, everybody wants to know how we do what we do. Everybody thinks that we've got this secret freight. Everybody thinks we've got this secret way of doing things, you know. Um, and what really, really surprises them, and I think in a lot of cases disappoints them, is that yeah, we don't. We don't. <laughs> the only thing we do is ask you to get off your ass and get to F to work, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and leave the bullshit behind you. Leave all the excuses behind you. You know, be hold yourself accountable and stop using excuses for why you can't do something. You know, there's no secret to this except that. We run things down in our in our orientation. We, we, we give you four basic things that will separate you from 95% of your competition. And it's so simple, people can't even believe it's simple. Yet, probably one out of 100 do it, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just not that difficult if you just will, will get to work, go to work and leave the bullshit excuses behind, you know? And, uh, and, and that's, that's really all we ask anybody to do. When you come here, we have a way of doing it more firmly than asking, um, if, when you contract with us to, to mentor you, we kind of have to suggest it, but, um, you know, we, we, I don't even know how to explain it, Chris, any more than, well, <clears throat> we got a question here and probably got a new viewer. So for those who are new, including me, what do you do? Here's what we do. What do we do. We take my 25 years of trucking experience and his 50 years of business experience and we teach people how to run a successful trucking operation 
with low risk, meaning you pay for cash for a truck, you don't get payments. You go to work, you see the, the shipper, the receiver, the agent as your customers, not your enemy. You build a relationship with those people and you haul freight um, and you do it at a very high level. And you, um, you do that long enough that you make a fabulous income. The average, according to ATBS, the average owner-operator in America makes 65000 We don't have a company driver that makes 65000 They all make more than that. But if you, will, if you will take what we offer, which is how he would run a truck and how I would run a truck, right? And you pay cash for a truck. And you get out here and you and you bust your ass and you work hard. You can make one hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand net after expenses before taxes as a single truck owner operator. Then you could look at getting a fleet, and I don't know. You could make three to five hundred thousand dollars a year if you had a fleet, whatever it is. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> there is no ceiling, but one thing that is in is the common thread is uh, hard work and uh, communication and attention to detail. Uh, Our last episode was called Details, Details, Details. Because if you're not paying attention to the details, you're not running a business because you have to do bookkeeping and accounting and you have to pay your taxes and you have to do all of these things. So that's what we do in a nutshell. And we have a a handful of trucks where someone can come to work for us as a W-2 employee not on a bullshit 1099. They can come to work for us and, and we can teach them every day, little by little, like Mr. Miyagi, wax on, wax off. We'll teach you every day over 15 months how to do what we do, how we do it. And when you complete our program, you get into your own truck that you paid cash for and you do everything you did yesterday, but you put the money in your bank instead of ours. That's what we do. To, to further explain that to you, Jay, um, the statistics in this industry are first time owner operators buying their first truck. There's over a 90% failure rate. Yep. So we're just trying to help as many people as we can not become that statistic. Our market is not necessarily established owner operators who are already here in business and successful. We have a lot of those guys that, that are our friends, Rodney Langworthy, for an example, right there, established um, driver. I don't think he owns his own truck yet, but he certainly understands how, what it takes to do this business. Um, there's many more that, that watch and, and, and participate in, uh, in Bill Taylor. Perfect example. But they understand that people who do this for the first time, the, you know, the, the, um, the failure rate is unbelievably high. And because of the fact that you usually have to go into debt to get in this business, it has a lot of personal ramifications to you that take a long time to, to, uh, re- to re- resolve uh, bankruptcy, things like that. We're just trying to give you a chance to see what it's like without the financial risk, but to see everything else. So see how the sausage is made, pull back the curtain and show you the wizard and, uh, and, and let you see what it's like to be in this business before you make that mistake of buying the wrong truck, buying too much truck, which is what most people do. And so that's, that's what we do here, Jay, is we just give you a chance to see what it's like to be an owner operator, because most people who drive a truck for a living, they think that the road to success for them is to own their own truck. And the thing that we find in common almost every time is that 
that may be true, but there's a whole lot more to go with, with owning a truck than just driving a truck. And, and that's the part that most people don't have the experience to, um, you know, to, to, um, uh, go along with their, their, their driving experience the business side of it. So we don't have a, a driving school here. We have a business school. We teach the business of trucking, particularly at Landstar. We feel like Landstar is the best place to be if you're going to be an owner operator. And that, uh, so not only are we teaching you the business of trucking, we're teaching you how to navigate and how to succeed in the Landstar system because it's very different than any place else you've ever been because it's not designed. And there was an example on Facebook this weekend. So I bitching about why Landstar is not open on the weekend. And somebody pointed out, well, if you're a plumber and you need something, there's no plumbing, um, babysitting service open somewhere that you can call and get plumbing babysitting help on the weekend. You know, here you're a, you're a, you're a business doing business with Landstar. You know, the, the, there's no babysitting service that comes along with that. You know, yes, they close at five o'clock on Friday and they open at eight o'clock, like all the other business world. But yet in the entitled world of trucking, truck drivers feel like they have to have somebody available to them 24 seven to wipe their ass for them. Or when something goes wrong, that they can help them unstub their toe. And if that's the situation that you have to be in, you do not want to be at Landstar. And you really do not want to be an owner-operator. You need to stay as a company driver because they keep people on over at, at night to unstub your toes for you. So we just, uh, we don't teach that. We teach self, um, what's the word, Chris? Self-sufficiency. Uh, uh we teach mm-hmm. problem solving. We teach, um, you know, how not to be a victim. Uh, the, the attitude of, and, and the mentality of, of not being a victim and not having to be entitled in order to be able to su- survive in this cutthroat world of business. So um, that's what we do. So anyway. So follow-up question. I have to buy the truck with you or it's like a lease-to-own program or something. So absolutely not. No. Uh, the only thing you have to do here. Just listen. listen. Yeah. Listen. listen. Hey, well, well, let me take it more than that. Cause we have people that listen. You have to have the burning desire in your belly to succeed in a business of your own. Okay. Because if you don't have that, there, all the listening in the world, is not going to, not going to make you successful. You know, it's not about driving a truck. It's about having a business of your own that you will have something to, for, for retirement, to leave with your kids for financial support, whatever it is that you need and you're working for, um, this, this, this will supply it like any other business, but you have to have that desire to be there. And it's not about driving a truck, not at all. So we drive trucks because they're very profitable. And that's the decision that you've made. That's the life choices you've made so far. And that's what we're here to do is to show you how to be successful in what you've decided to do. But driving a truck is not what's going to make you successful or fail as an owner operator. Um, it, it's, it's going to be how you survive and stay in business, especially when things get rough like they are right now and how they mm-hmm. did in 09 and 14 and 19 or 20, whatever the hell the pandemic was, you know, being able to survive these cycles, you know, a lot of people can get in this business. A lot of, in 2021, anybody could get in the trucking business and owner operator and make money. Okay. You could even pay triple for a truck 
-hmm. and make it. Now that's a problem mm -hmm. because the rates won't support that. And if you made your business model one that just will make the payment, and, and if you bought yourself a job by buying yourself a truck that will just pay for itself and give you a little bit of living, you are screwed. But mm -hmm. that's not what we teach here. We don't teach you to go out and buy yourself a job, okay? We teach you how to build wealth and how to build a business that will, that will provide you this wealth for you and your family for years to come and generational wealth. Um, so that's probably a lot more in depth than what you wanted to we, hear. We adopted, we adopted the term lunatic, um, from a driver that thought we were lunatics, previous, it, previous employee driver, but it fits because what we do in trucking is the same as any other normal, decent person would do in any business, but in trucking we're lunatics. Now we, we run a, we run a trucking business the same way we would run a McDonald's, the same way we would run a, a plumber, the same way we would run a construction job that the, we, the, the, the building blocks of business are no different for us, but in trucking, because everybody leases trucks and buys trucks they can't afford and buys too much truck and buys the wrong truck because they think it's all about the truck. Um, well, we're lunatics. Well, all we do is make money, make money. You know, we buy older trucks that are paid for so that we don't have the risk of the debt that goes with them. And of course, all of the other risk factors that come with newer trucks. Um, and then we go out and we hustle and we deliver freight at a much higher rate than anybody else does. You know, our trucks will do 200 loads a year. The average uh, Landstar BCO does 1.7 loads a week. We do close to 200 loads per truck per year. We get out and we hustle. We make a lot of money for our, uh, we do our best to make money for our drivers and for our truck owners and for ourselves. Um, but there's no lease to own. There's no 1099 contracts. None of that ridiculous nonsense that people do in this business. Uh, that's just flatly immoral, dumb, stupid, wrong, uh, and shouldn't be tolerated. We, we don't want you to buy a truck, okay? And we don't want you to buy a truck for several reasons. Number one, you'll buy, you'll buy the wrong truck. Number two, you'll finance it or lease it, as you said here. And that's not what we want you to do. We want you to come here and get yourself in position to pay cash for the truck by working hard and saving your money and going out and buying an older truck for about 20 or 30 grand and putting that truck to work and making money with it, and then buy the truck of your dreams when you can afford to pay cash for it. By that mm -hmm. time, you'll be established in business, and it won't be as risky as going out here and buying your dream truck up front and having a $1,500 a week truck payment that you won't be able to make. So, um, no, we try to catch people before they make the mistake of buying a truck because that's usually the number one mistake that most people buy, uh, make getting in this business, and it's also the one that's the hardest to undo. Uh, because, um, the depreciation on the truck, you know, that you, that you suffer the minute you buy it. So we do not want to, uh, we do want you to do that. Come here, learn what you're doing, take your time, you know, either work here, or work somewhere and save your time, save your money. We're, we're, we teach the Dave, Dave Ramsey financial program. Uh, but we, we do it in a way that's, that's, uh, truck related, you know, get your personal finances in order, get your business finances in order. Don't, you know, don't, don't have, don't be debt, don't have debt, you know, 
um, make money, save money, and then go get in business with a plan to succeed. And that's not going in debt. That's not paying, paying you know, $150,000 for a truck or even $60,000 for a truck. You know, you don't need that, number one. Customer doesn't care about that. And you really can't afford that risk when you're starting out. Again, 90% of people who do this in this industry will fail. Okay. In any business, the failure rate is way over 50% in the first few years. So why put yourself in a situation uh, uh, taking on that kind of risk when you don't have to? But that's why people call us lunatics, because they think this is insane uh, to do it the right way. However, in all the other business world, try to go lease purchase the McDonald's from the bank. Okay. <laughs> See how any, to go any other business and try to do what, what people in trucking do, and they will laugh you out of the, out of the office. You know, you, you're, you know. So uh, we just do things here the way the rest of the business world does it. For some reason, the trucking world thinks it's, you know, it's okay to, to take someone that has never got any business experience ever and go sell them a brand new truck or lease them a brand new truck at $900, $1,200, $1,500 a week truck payment and just sit back and wait for them to fail. Mm-hmm. So anyway, do I want to move my company to an owner operator? I mean, to an own authority. Never. Absolutely not. Uh, I don't want to do it. I don't recommend you do it. Uh, I've seen very few people in my, in my two, I got in trucking in 2009. I bet you I can count on one hand the number of people I've met in this industry since 2009 that have the, uh, that have the uh, discipline mm-hmm. and the, um, the uh, um, infrastructure. Yeah. To, to, to be successful with their own authority long term. Uh, most of them can't keep the, their, their trucking company moving, much less take care of all of the compliance that goes along with that. And on top of that, th- uh, triple, quadruple the cost of insurance, okay? And then suffer the 90 to 120 to never getting paid. So you factor your loads and give all that money away. Uh, there is absolutely no... Now, if you're such a shitty driver, that your driving record won't allow you to be hired by anybody else and not go for it, but that you're going to fail anyway. Um, but no, that, there's not any reason that I can find for most people to have their own authority. There's, there is zero reason to do it. Now I'm going to hear, I'm going to hear it right. Yeah, but you're not a real trucker unless you've got your own authority. <laughs> I don't really care about being a real trucker. I care about being wealthy. Okay. Mm-hmm. I care about all the money that I've made in trucking. And all the money that I can help you make in trucking, I don't give a shit what you call me. You can call me whatever you want to call me. Um, I get called a lot of things on the Landstar groups, okay? <laughs> I, I just laugh all the way to the bank. I could give a shit less, okay? So um, if, if it's important to you to be a real trucker and to have chrome dripping off of you and diesel fuel for cologne, all that kind of stuff, you're doing it for the wrong reason anyway, and you're going to fail. But if you're in this thing to, to, do, to make money, serious money, be a millionaire in 10 or 15 years. Okay. And that's with one truck. Now, look, we, I've said to people, if you buy one truck and real one truck operates, you've bought yourself a job. Okay. Let me, let's just, let's just call it what it is. Can't get fired. Okay. You, 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 you have bought yourself a job, guaranteed job and not, not a bad job, but when you have a fleet, when you have multiple streams of income, now you're building wealth. When you're making money at night, when, when your head is on the pillow and your ass is in the bed, 
and you wake up in the morning and all of a sudden your bank account is bigger than what, what was when you went to bed, you're building wealth then. You didn't buy yourself a job. So that's what we teach here. Okay. Mm-hmm. And no, I will never, ever have my own authority ever. So now let me, let me jump in on that a little bit, Mac, because everybody wants to compare the apples and the oranges, right? They want to talk, oh, well, if you're authority, you, you know, well, yeah, you can get in the consortium and you can do this and you can do that. And you sure you can do it. That's all true. That's all true. You can, you can do it on your own. Here's the problem. Larry Long um, could run a successful trucking company that had its own authority. He has the infrastructure. He has the business sense. He has the ability to the discipline. Um, He could absolutely do it. No question. Um, And I could probably help him do it. Right. We could, we could get the numbers and buy the trailers and all that kind of stuff. And, and, could we increase the margin maybe if we weren't at Landstar? That it's that's a debate that would be interesting to have. I don't think so, but I, what if it was two percent? Okay, you know. But when when I look at the people that have come through our program, and I see the people that are at Landstar, and I just look across the sea of humanity, I can tell you with absolute certainty that most people would fail with their owner op with their own authority much, much faster than if they were leased because I can't get people to track their damn fuel mileage. What makes you think they're going to pass a DOT audit and have all of those T's crossed and all those I's dotted when they won't even they won't even track their fuel mileage. I, you know, so m- 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 listen, it ain't it's not even that crit. Most people who hire a second driver don't even put them on a W two because it's they don't they think it's too much work. Right. Ten nine nine is for the convenience of the moron who's hiring the driver, and the lack of self worth of the driver who's willing to work for it under that program. Okay. If that so if that's your and and that 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 opinion is rampant in this industry. Mm-hmm. Okay. If that's your idea of doing business, you're, you're, you're in for a rude awakening when you, when you, when you have to stand for that uh, new entrant audit after 18 months and all the other things you have to, you know, you have to here, here's the thing. Let me, let me just, let's just cut to the chase here. Everybody thinks the Landstar takes 35% of our money. Well, first of all, we know for a fact that it's 29% because that's, I keep track of it every week, mm-hmm. but let's just say it is 35%. Okay. I cannot pay out of my pocket to do what Landstar does and do it for 35% to the level of quality and confidence that I have that they're going to do it properly. Okay. 100%. Can't be done. You know, I've been doing, I've been in business for almost, curse kids from 50 years. It's, It's not quite, it's probably more like 47, but I've been in business for long enough to know what it costs to do things. Okay. You know what it costs to hire the people, you know, to do what it, what it takes to that, that Landstar does, you know, those, the average, the average salary of that person is probably going to be about $80,000. Okay. To do that kind of stuff. And how many do you have to have to do all the things that you have to do and do it correctly while you're down here delivering freight? All right. So it can't be done. You know, you got to buy trailers and you got to maintain trailers. You can't do that for 7%. Okay. And it, the numbers just don't stack up. 
Now you can find these one-off deals where, oh yeah, I could I did it, I did. But for the most people, most of the time, over a long period of time, you cannot do it for what you what you're paying to do it. And then you throw factoring in on top of that, unless you have the ability to withstand a 90-day wait on your money, you're going to factor all that stuff away and give away. You're going to fight a broker for a quarter of a mile, then turn away and give away three or 400 every time you factor it. Uh, it just, it makes no sense. And it's not, uh, it, it, it's just, it's, it's not good business. It, factoring exists in trucking because it can. Because truck drivers are so friggin' stupid that they allow themselves to be pay, uh, payday loaned on every load they pull. You know, that's not a business person. That's a moron is what that is. And, and, but, but in trucking, it's, exp- I, f- I show an ad in orientation from, uh, uh, what is, what's the big uh, overdrive oh. magazine or whatever yeah. it is. You know, the, the, and, and they, they promote as the, the, uh, the, the, uh, what's the word they use, Chris, the, the best way, the only way, the proper way of being in business. It's an advertisement for a factoring company. You know, I mean, it, 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 everybody knows that payday loans are a ripoff. Everybody knows that rent to owns a ripoff, but yet in this industry, everybody will rent to own a truck and they'll payday loan all their, all their loads. <laughs> In any other part of the world, people go, well, that's a, that, that's a gay guy's stupid. His credit rating must be so bad he can't pull a penny out of his ass, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but in trucking, we, no, that's just the way you do it. That's, you know, that's just the, no, it's not. That's why 90% of owner-operators fail because they don't know anything about running a business. And, and not only that, they don't care to learn. And I can prove that because we have given, let me just pull the number up here. I mean, I'll blow your shit away. Let me show you this number. We have given to this date, 32 people, the opportunity to come here, pull the curtain back, watch the sausage being made and see everything that I've done in almost 50 years and everything he's done in almost 25 years. You know how many people have come through the program successfully? Chris, you want to guess? Three. Six completed and five are still in the process. That's a 16% success rate. And we give it to them, hand it to them every day. Mm -hmm. But you know what? What we can't hand them, hand them. We can't hand them the burning, the burning their gut to do it. Mm -hmm. And the uh, willingness to get off their fucking ass and go to work. That's (laughs) what we cannot give them. Okay. They have to bring that and they'll bring it for a little while. Okay, but in 15 months, it uh, it take it, 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 it they the facade drips away mm-hmm. in 15 months and the real person shows up. So Look, that, I, that you is, you will be hard pressed to find a more passionate advocate of human liberty, autonomy and freedom than me. And um I find that self self ownership, self empowerment, self employment, entrepreneurship. It, there's no greater. There's nothing that can give you that level of freedom. Uh, anything else that can do that. Um, but if you do it wrong, it will be the worst nightmare you've ever lived. If you do it wrong, if if you if you don't if you don't 
properly run a business, it's like putting a gun to your head and pulling the trigger. Um, it's, it's powerful, but self-employment and, and entrepreneurship is powerful. It's, in, it's, it's the greatest thing you'll ever experience when you do it right. But buddy, when you do it wrong and I've lived it, um, it's bankruptcy, it's repossession, it's foreclosure and it's divorce. Um, and unfortunately a lot of people that fail never realize that the guy that they see when they shave is the one that's responsible. They blame Landstar. They blame the president. They blame the government. They blame Congress. They blame the agents. They blame the customers. They blame the queen, the queen, <laughs> Putin, Putin. Yeah. It's always everybody's fault. Virus. Um, it's a virus. Um, but it's never their fault. And until um, you come here and then we're the badass sons of bitches that make you accept the fact that no, it is your fault. It is absolutely. We had a guy here at one time, Chris, up, he's up his ass, of course. He said, every time I call you, you turn this thing around and make it look like it's my fault. Because it is. Because it is. Okay. Because it fault. is your fault. You know? Um, and I'm the guy that can say that because when I failed, guess whose fault it was? Mine. Well, and here's the thing. We... We do this, and 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 we it's it, it, think of it sort of as a drill sergeant. Okay, we have to get your attention. We have to get through all, all the the stupidity that this industry has given you. It takes us a few months to get that to pull that to peel that onion back mm-hmm. and get all that bullshit off of you, so you're receptive now to to the the, the real truth. Okay. Uh, plus, if you went to school in a government school, and I have to say it kind of short, kind of low, because my wife is a professional educator, um, you know, we have to fix that or try to, you know. But it, it's it, it's our program is only works if it works for you, okay? In, in our program, the driver makes the the vast majority of the money. You know, Landstar makes a little bit. The truck owner makes a little bit. We, I make the least of anybody. Okay. Cause I get the crumbs that are left over. Nobody can lose money in this deal except me. Now, I guess the truck owner could, but we, you know, typically can keep that from happening over a long period of time. Mm-hmm. But, um, I'm the only one here can lose money. All right. So it's, it's, we, we, we're doing it, but we're doing it constructively. We're doing it to, you know, to, to make you understand. And, and we don't wait till you get here to do it. Okay. Come through one of our zoom interviews sometime and see how that works out for you. Okay. And, uh, cause we make sure you understand before you ever step through here, that this will be the hardest thing you've ever done in your life, but it'll also be the most gratifying. Okay. I mean, Everything that I enjoy today, I enjoy because I've been in business for myself since since 1977. Okay, and so um, I know what the benefits are. I know what you know what the what the upside is. I also know what the downside is because I've seen it too many times. Mm-hmm. And it's avoidable. It's avoidable if you'll just listen to people who are willing to help you, uh, and, and and not only listen but take what they say and internalize it and do it. You know, I mean, look, we tell every week, every week I publish all of our uh, fuel mileage. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's fuel mileage shaming. That's exactly what it is. Because if you're here and you're competitive and you find yourself at the bottom of that list, you don't want to be there. You know, that's not where if that, if you're happy being there, you're not going to happy being here anyway. But if you're not taking it on your, if, if, if you're finding out what your fuel mileage is on Sunday, when I publish it and that mm-hmm. comes as a surprise to you, <laughs> you're the problem. Okay. Yep. You're the problem. So, and that, that's just how we do things here. Okay. We don't accept excuses. We don't accept, you know, bullshit. We only accept you take the responsibility, take the bulls by the horn and say, I'm going to fix this. Okay. And we will encourage you. And we might even shame you in front of your peers a little bit to make you understand that if everybody else in the fleet can do it, you can do it. Okay. So that's how this works. That's how this works is we, we have to bring out and you, what you think is not possible to be brought out. Because listen, if everybody could do this, there'd be no such thing as the 1%. All right. The 1% exists because 99% of the people won't do it. The Olympics exist because everybody won't go train. Okay. To run a mile in four minutes or whatever it is now, a few will, but most won't. Business is no different. If everybody would, if it was easy, everybody would do it. And, and there wouldn't be these statistics. Okay. Um, so if you're going to survive the statistics, you've got to be willing to do what the other people aren't doing, won't do. And in this industry, it's not acting like a truck driver. Whatever truck drivers do, run and do the opposite, and you'll probably be more likely to succeed. Twice, with- this, twice this week, I have sat with experienced drivers and taught them how to read a map. And that was one of the challenges that I was not prepared for when we started doing this and bringing people on, because I assumed uh, that truck driving schools and training companies were doing that, but they're not. And so I just wasn't ready for that, but it's not just that it, it, you know, I've, I've had to teach people how to do some math and stuff, you know, but here's the thing. Um, no, the trucking school did not teach you how to read a map and the training company didn't teach you how to read a map, but it's also not rocket science. You could start on page one of the Rand McNally motor carrier Atlas and read through it. And there's, there's actually instructions in there on how to read that map, but you've got to have the curiosity to go, hmm. How's this work? Because everything that I have learned, I haven't been to a mechanic school, um, but I know how to work on trucks. How do I know to work on trucks? Experience, because I just dove in and figured it out, or I Googled it. I did it today. You know, one of my dispatch clients, his visor lights on top of the truck, his clearance lights weren't working. And we're at the TA, and he had the TA look at it, and they said, we can't figure it out. You're going to have to go to a uh, dealer. Well, he didn't go to the dealer. He came to me. Guess what? The lights are working. I wired up a relay. I wired up a switch. I put fuses in and um, the lights work. The TA mechanic, the professional certified TA mechanic couldn't fix it, but I did. By the way, who's, who's not allowed to take a test light 
and work on your truck, by the listen, way. Listen, y'all, <clears throat> this is not a paid advertisement, but I'm going to show y'all this. I bought one of these on Amazon, and it is life-changing. If you own a truck, you need to have one of these. It is absolutely life-changing um, because I was able – to find a wire going to these lights and using this probe, you connect it to your batteries and I push a button and I can send voltage out through that thing. And I hit a wire and I push the button and the lights came on hmm, that wire right there. That's the one I need clip splice relay power fuse switch done. Took me about an hour. Um, you know, we, we literally had a TA spend hours looking at a trailer, um, a, a platform trailer. And they came back and said that they weren't allowed. The taillights weren't working, okay? <laughs> they, were not, they were not allowed to use a test light. So we lined up a trailer shop to work on the next one. And within 15 minutes, they had the thing working. And you know how they uh, diagnosed it? With a test light. Yep. 15 minutes later, it was working. So, uh, Jeff May, um, you, if, you, if you listen to my story, I did, I did walk off in the sunset. And I was fine, except I was bored. And so I uh, decided to drive a truck out of boredom and um, my entrepreneurial burn in my belly that you can't ever, you know, retire from uh, said, no, you're not going to do that yet. You're going to do this. And uh, and I and I literally, literally, uh, it was the easiest thing in all of my years I ever did to make money. Now, I know you're going to say the truck driver's a hard job. It is. But the in the business of trucking, yeah, is the easiest way to get rich of anything I know of, except you know, steal money or uh, sell drugs or have inherited it. But for a real job, um, and I could see that. I when I when I met Chris, I used this term that he grasped on for a long time. I saw the opportunity that existed in this business, mm -hmm. and uh, I didn't know how it was going to work out. I just knew that I could. I could take my approach and I could, I could, I could use it. I could, I could, I could use what makes me unique in the service of others. And that's exactly what I did. And then fortunately I ran into Chris Polk and, um, it, that was the missing part I needed. And, uh, together, um, with completely different backgrounds, completely different skill sets, but a common belief and a common goal. Um, and we both sort of had the vision that there was a place for this. There was a time for this. And, uh, and here we are. So, um, but yeah, Jeff, I, you know, I tell people a lot, if you're new to the program, you know, I, I get up, I, I, I can't, I wake up at six 30 every morning, ready to get up and run the fleet. Now, fortunately, I don't have to do that anymore. Chris does that. But, you know, I what what motivates me is helping people succeed. What aggravates me the most is watching people blow the opportunity, you know, yep. um, because there there's no reason why anyone could come here and not succeed if they just if they had the if they had the real desire to do this. Now, a lot of people come here and find out that being an owner operator and, and being a business person is a whole lot of work. 
And uh, if you're really not willing to take on those skills that you didn't come out of the vagina with, then you're going to have to work for them. And you're going to have to, you know, and, and what, what's difficult about this program is to make enough money to, 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 to give you what you need to live on and save to buy a truck. You've got, we've got to perform at a high level. Okay. Well, performing at a high level in this industry means you've got to work some long hours. And then after that's all said and done with, now you've got to go to school and become a business person. And it's really, 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 really complex and really, really, really hard to do if you're not motivated. If you're real, if you come in here just to drive a truck, you're going to hate us. But if you're coming here to learn how to become a business person, you're going to love us. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, because we just give it to you. We give it to, we put, listen, you don't, you, you really don't have to come here to get it. We get, it's on the podcast. Coming here gives you the wax on, wax off and the, and the, and the foot in the ass every day or two that you need. But the how-to is out there. And if you haven't found it, come to one of our live events and we'll hand it to you on a, on a silver platter. So. It's like he said, if you, if you come in to, to, because look, here's, here's the reality. Okay. With as good as Larry is at running a business, whatever, doesn't matter what business it is. Um, we could get a lot more trucks and just hire anybody. We could, anybody that Landstar would qualify, which unfortunately is, <laughs> um, and we could have a lot more trucks. We'd make less money per truck. Uh, probably 15 or 20 percent of them would get totaled over time because we're just hiring anybody that would qualify, but we could make more money probably that way, but that's not why we do this. So if you, if you come here and think this is a truck driving job, you are going to despise me and I'm going to sleep like a baby. Like, like, I mean, you can, your feelings can be hurt and, and it won't bother me a bit because I'm not here to coddle you. I'm here to teach you how to be a successful uh, operator of a trucking business. And that sometimes means I have to tell you the truth. And sometimes the truth hurts, but the truth will make you mad before it makes you free. And that's what we're trying to get here is, is to make you uh, free. And somebody said, what was it? Let me find this comment. Um, Oh, it's Jay. <clears throat> uh, been driving for 20 years and never been motivated because I've always been paid too well. But after the pandemic, I've been to think about the idea of becoming an operator. Uh, I think a lot of people have learned, learned through this, this uh, crisis um, that there's a lot of people that were never told what to do. And me being one of them. Um, the, there was lots of things that I could never be forced to do because no one had the real authority to make me. And I liked that a lot. Um, now the same people that don't care whether or not I've, you know, taken a medical product. I also don't care if I'm sick. They don't care if my kids got cancer. They don't care. They only care about the extent to which I can serve them and meet their need. Beyond that, they couldn't give a rip less about anything else. Um, so that's well, that freedom. The pandemic proved that having that secure job 
is anything but secure. You know, right. Uh, oh, yeah. Again, going back to my experience, you know, I got married in 1976. Uh, we went eight years before we had our first child. We had our first, our only child was born in 1984. And it scared the dog shit out of me. You know, we bought a house in 78 and we had a, our, a child at, in, in 84. And I had, I had, I'd started my business in 77, but it was, it was a part-time business. It was on the side. I still worked in the, in the, in the car business, in the automotive industry. And what a place, you know, that's just a bunch of gypsies. Okay. <laughs> so, um, you know, it scared the hell out of me that, that I was by basing all these decisions, you know, a house payment and now bringing a, a, a child into this world and responsible for 18 years uh, of, 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 you know, and I'm dependent on this dealership, you know, to, to, for my job, you know, now how many times have I seen in my career, the entire management uh, team of a dealership put out the win put out the window on a Monday morning at the door on a Monday morning. And, uh, yeah. you know, and I'm, I, it, there's just not any way. I mean, the only security I was going to have was what I provided for myself and it had nothing to do with, with, with benefits had nothing to do with, with, with how much they, you know, my salary was, that's not what the security was. The security was, is what's, who's going to make the decisions. Okay. And where's the ceiling going to be? That's, that's the, what I was looking for. And the only way I could do that was to shave the boss. Okay. And I damn sure wouldn't want to shave those ugly fuckers. Okay. So, uh, I just decided right then and there that I, you know, if it was going to happen, it was going to be on me. And so at that point in time, I got serious and I said, look, I'm going to work for me and just for me. And, um, and that's what I pursued to do. Um, so, uh, you know, I can control what I do. I can't control what somebody else does that, that gives me a job and gives me a, you know, whatever benefits they can give you, they also can take away. And the only way to get around that is to provide, be, be your own benefit provider. You know, we have guys that come here and go, well, what about health insurance? What about it? You write a check. Okay. You know, if, if somebody's giving that to you, first of all, first of all, okay, let's talk about that for a second. All right. They pay you just enough to keep you there. Okay. Mm -hmm. They're, they're buying you for wholesale and selling you for retail. Okay. Yep. In that markup, is enough money for them to give you quote your benefits. All right. Mm -hmm. So um, if you're going to become self-employed, if you're going to become, you know, self-sufficient, you have to be the person who is giving the entitlements to yourself, not somebody else. You know, it's just all about income. It's all about income. So uh, that, that mindset of, of somebody having to, you know, having to give you stuff to keep you happy, that that's again, that's just part of the negotiation process for them to give you just enough to keep you there happy. OK, because if they can afford to give you two weeks vacation and health insurance and whatever else that came out of the profit that you made for them. Believe me when I tell you that 100 percent. And they still made a profit after giving it to you. So bypass the middleman. Okay. Make the profit for yourself. That's why you want to be in business for yourself, but you got to understand what it takes to stay making the decision to get in business is easy. Okay. Staying in business is where it gets difficult and you make the wrong decisions getting in business, i.e. lease purchasing a truck or buying too much truck. Okay. Or making decisions that you can't afford 
because it, you could have afforded it last year when it was the best year in the history of trucking. And now all of a sudden this year, the business model wants to support that. That's on you. Okay. That's not the industry. That's not the economy. That's on you. Okay. You made a stupid business decision to begin yep. with. All right. You should have worked last year and saved all that money and then bought the truck next year when the prices come back down and there'll be a fire sale going on at the auction house. But, um, but that's where you get security. You get security by having money in the bank. That's where you get security, not credit card debt out the ass. You know, I worked for a, a dealership for about 90 days in 90, 1998 and they fired the general manager. And literally, like you said, the next day, the entire sales management team was gone. All of them, every one of them, all the people that like were my trainers and stuff. And it was a whole new people. And I was like, well, how's that work? Like where, like, where do you push the button to find all this? But you know, that guy came from another dealership and he had all his people and, you know, and they, they came in and got off the bus and, and the whole of course that dealership was on Dateline NBC about three months later. And we found out that, all the stuff they were doing in the finance office. That's why that guy got fired. But anyway, let um, me answer, let me answer Chris Sarver's question okay. right here. Okay, <clears throat> rates and lanes is. I'll just, read it for the. I'll read it for the audio listener. Okay. You guys, I, I think I'm going to put the words in there he left out. Are you guys teaching these individuals about lanes and rates and how to understand these? The answer to that is yes, and no. Rates and lanes are no more than a business class. Rates and lanes are all about um, supply and demand. It's no different than teaching them how to buy fuel at a lower price by making better decisions. Mm -hmm. We teach a business class, okay? Rates and lanes are something that will automatically come to you when you have experience running a business. If we taught rates and lanes and didn't teach them how uh, the business works of supply and demand, they'll be on Facebook like all the rest of these guys <laughs> complaining about why rates are so low because they don't understand how the how the market works. They don't understand economy. They understand. They they think that brokers set rates. Okay, so we don't teach it the way you think we teach it. We teach it. We teach the how and let them figure out the why on their own. Okay. The how of rates and lanes is simply supply and demand. That's all there is to it. Nothing more. And, and, you'll, you and you'll learn that really quick. I just pulled up the board. There's a $23,000 load right now going from Pennsylvania to Alaska. And you're like, wow, what a rate. Mm -hmm. Hey, the fuel advance on that load will be $13,000. Mm -hmm. Now, try to come out of there. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, loads available at destination, zero, zero, nothing. Loads available at five hundred miles of destination, yeah, zero. Um, you're right. <laughs> so, you know, we we had a guy. Well, he was listening to a few couple of weeks ago, but we had a guy who went through the the uh, the uh, interview process, came and sat for three days in a in an orientation. And booked him on the first load. And he's like, well, man, I don't, I don't like going to Pennsylvania. I'm like, well, buddy, you're in a world of hurt. Cause let me promise you where you're going to be going. Yeah. Uh, because you know, see, here's the thing. Truck drivers don't like to go to Boston. So that's why it pays a lot of money to go up there. Um, truck drivers don't like to go to 
New York and Connecticut and, and, uh, and, you know, my favorite question is, so, uh, I got this one the other day. So, uh, y'all just stay South when it snows? Uh, no, we don't. So get ready. That's called supply and demand. The, the magic, let me tell you about what the magic freight is. It's where all the other truckers won't go. Mm-hmm. That's where magic freight is. Got to go where they ain't, you know? Um, <clears throat> I mean, oh, I, you, I, you, if I come near you, I've got to go to New Jersey. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, do you have to walk up three steps to get in the truck? Can we bring it down and make it just one step? <laughs> I mean, Jesus, right? You know, it, it's, um, you know, go, go watch the episode with Phil talk about specialized freight, uh, platform stuff. There are so many opportunities at Landstar that a lot of people will never achieve because they can't understand They they can't ever figure out the customer service side of it, that you're, um, you're specializing yourself and, and separating yourself and making you setting yourself apart so that you do have that value to pull that 16, uh, foot wide load or go to that place with, because you've got the special certification or whatever it is. Everything we do is general freight that fits in a van. That's what we train people on. And we do have a couple of platform trailers. Um, but you got, if you come here, you've got to do the van first, general freight, general drive van freight with some hazmat. Um, because even if you get into the super specialized stuff in a van or in a flatbed, uh, if that stuff ever dries up, you better know how to pull the van and, and do general freight because we're all going to eat. Um, so Chris Sarver's got another question. Uh, how about developing new customers and how to do that? Now that's something we don't really do a lot of that. That's the agents. Well, yeah, job. But, but, but let me, but Chris, but we do because that's all about building relationships. Yeah. Okay. You know, if you, if you, if the, if the agents that you work with, you make yourself valuable to them. You don't have to worry about finding, you know, here at Landstar, we have agents to find customers. Okay. We, mm-hmm. That's not what we have to do. What you have to do is make yourself valuable to the agent so that those customers that they have, they want you to haul their freight for them because 10,000 of the other 11,000 dickheads that we have here won't give a rat's ass about their customer. They'll be right. late. They won't check call. They won't, you know, all the things, you know, they won't, they won't uh, communicate. They won't answer the phone. Mm-hmm. So we teach people how to build relationships by just communicating and how to treat the customer right, you know? And so, uh, and that's how you develop new customers at Landstar is l- work with the agents whose job it is to go get new customers. So um, I get at least, I'm going to say three to five calls a week from a few different agents and they'll be like, Hey, um, I'm in trouble. Do you have anybody close to this location and I'll look. And usually I don't, unfortunately, because we're usually booked up three or four days in advance. Um, but they know we have, we have developed enough relationships thus far that they know if they're in trouble, um, and they need somebody they can count on, they can call us. Now I don't always have a truck available for them, but 
you know, I wish I did, but sometimes I've been able to say, you know what? Yes, I do. Or there was one, I remember one situation where they called me and they're like, we're, listen, we're in a desperate situation. And I said, the closest guy I've got to you is 350 miles. It's a long deadhead. And she's like, I will, what do you want? How much do you want? You know, and I, so they were ready to write whatever check necessary um, in order to, um, you know, get that truck. Uh, so you've got another question about authority. No, we don't do authority. Authority is not worth it. And we just spent probably 20 minutes on authority. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, you know, we teach people how to succeed at Landstar. That's what we do. Landstar is, um, you know, we don't have the blue collar glasses. We'll call Landstar out if they do something wrong. Um, but there's no other place that we have been able to find that we can do what we want to do when we want to do it, how we want to do it other than Landstar. And so that's what we teach people. Uh, they should be able to complete our program. And on the last day, they turn the ignition key off on our truck, turn the ignition key on, on their truck and do everything exactly the way they did it for us. They're just putting the money in their bank instead of ours. That's what we're here to do. There is, um, there's no reason for 99% of the people to have their own authority as long as Landstar exists in the marketplace because Landstar Correct. is the next best thing. And in my opinion, it's better than having your own authority because of the things we talked about for about 20 minutes. So if you didn't hear that, rewind and you will, you can listen to it. So. <clears throat> not to change the subject, but uh, nine out of 11 of our trucks this past week got in excess of seven miles a gallon. Very nice. Uh, 10 out of 11 made a profit on the fuel surcharge this past week. Very nice. Now, how many BCOs even know that number right there? I'd say 10 because you told them. And fuel is, what do you think fuel is compared to other expenses on a truck? Well, it's the number one cost. And yet, how many people really know what their fuel mileage is? Other than Larry, look, Larry, if, I, number. if I've got to worry about fuel mileage, I, I'm not getting that rate. <laughs> I know. Well, <clears throat> to roll this back to the to the subject of the episode of get off your ass and get to work, um, this is not easy. Running a business is not easy. If you're looking for easy, you're, you're in the wrong place. Be a company driver. Yeah, because it's going to be difficult. Um, what get we you, need... get you a cushy, dedicated route, and just be a company driver. Yeah, um, because you're twenty four seven. I'm twenty four seven. You know. Um, you, you, you're now, you know, as a driver, according to the FMCSA, you're responsible for inspecting that truck and make sure it's in proper working order. Now you're not responsible for go finding somebody to fix it, but as an owner operator, you are, and you need to have some basic tools on your truck because you, you need to learn, um, you need, there's some of this stuff that you can do. And you, you don't have to have a professional certification to have some basic tools in your truck to do some basic repairs um, that can keep you uh, off the side of the road. And especially out of the chicken house, uh, when they 
start doing the exams out back um, by doing a proper pre-trip. But you can't really do a proper pre-trip until you fully understand the systems of your truck. So there was another comment that said, YouTube taught me more than what CDL schools could, would ever teach me. That is 100% accurate. I believe that. There, there's, <laughs> there is no excuse in 2022 uh, when you have a device in your pocket that gives you access to all the world's ever known information. Um, and there's so many videos on YouTube, um, that just Google it, you know, just, I'm, I'm it. concerned that doctors and dentists and neurosurgeons are going to be out of a job because <laughs> you can go to YouTube and figure out how to do anything. Right. Well, there was a guy, there's a guy down in Houston. Uh, he's a chiropractor. Yeah. He, yeah. Um, oh, what's his, I can't remember his name now, but anyway, he's got kind of a, Got kind of a funny voice, and yeah. but he does this ring dinger thing where he puts that strap around your neck and yanks, you know? Yeah. And he had to do a public service announcement. He was like, hey, 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 now y'all can't be doing ring dingers on your friends and family just because you watch me doing on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a towel. Watch this, Doc, you know? Um, I, it's don't ever let anyone try to tell you that you can't figure it out. It might take you longer. Um, but that's what the rewind button's for. Watch it again, watch it over and over and over again until you get it. But you have to, it goes back to that hunger. You got to have that fire in your belly and, and that curiosity to go find the answer. If you don't have it, just calling me and asking me for the answer, uh, will work a time or two. And then there's, if a pattern develops, then I'm going to tell you to go figure it out. Um, because you have to, you've, you got to learn, you know, it, it's, it's unfortunate, but it's true because you can't rely on the service industry of our, you know, you talked about, you weren't certified and have, well, it wouldn't have mattered. Okay. How many, how many certificates are on the wall to TA? <laughs> okay. And yet most of them can't bust a tire down and mount it properly. All right. Right. So it, it, it unfortunately you're, you're kind of on an Island here, you know, um, you, uh, you, you have to know enough to, to, to tell if a guy is, um, you know, telling you you're in a rainstorm or he's pissing off your shoe. You, you got to understand the difference between the two. Even if you don't know how to do the work, you got to know enough about it to understand whether he knows how to do or do the work or not. And you had to be willing to tell him good, goodbye. I'm taking my truck and I'm going somewhere else. Yeah. Um, now we're, we'd love to have sponsors, but we ain't never going to get sponsorship from the TA Petro. I'm, I don't believe. Okay. If they've ever watched one episode, we're, we're doomed. We're never going to get sponsorship from them. I think maybe y'all could, that. maybe y'all out there could, could, uh, could um, encourage that, you know, Hey, call your local TA Petro rep and tell them that we really, really ought to, listen to us and, and let us sponsor, you know, sponsor this, but, uh, it's the biggest joke. And they used to advertise they were the best oil change on the road or something like that. It was their slogan for one. Remember that Chris? Yeah. So best oil change on the, and, well, their slogan now is they're the biggest piece of shit on the road. Okay. <laughs> so, and ev evidently Freightliners realize that cause they've pulled all the Freightliner service points out. Yeah. So we wonder why they weren't stocking any more parts. Well, now we know why, so. 
<sighs> well, <clears throat> we're 111 in here. Uh, I don't see much more activity in the comment section. Um, looking at the calendar. Well, you said we're on Sunday again next week. Mm -hmm. We are. We're in Sunday all, all month. Um, uh, it looks like, if y'all are interested, it looks like we're going to be in West Virginia middle of the week, 4, 5, 6 October. We're going to have an impromptu orientation only because we don't have any weekends free for a while. So if you guys plan on being through West Virginia at that time, let us know and come hang with us for a little bit. We probably won't be doing a podcast during those three nights because it's the middle of the week. Mm -hmm. But um, But you can come sit at the blue ribbon bar with us at after hours and, or, uh, or, or, or hang around with us if you want to. So we've got a couple of new guys coming on and we anticipate at least one of them being there at that, uh, during that time period, but maybe both of them. So, uh, we got any, uh, we got any attaboys. Um, Mm. Well, let's 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 talk, let's talk about William for a second, okay? Okay. William is is our he was our fuel miles champion last year. He's been in the program now. He's he's in his last month. Um, because of some family situations, he's decided he wants to get off the road and and be close to home um, uh, to take care of, of his family situation and. Um, we want to publicly thank William, recognize him for a, an excellent job. Well done. Uh, he's the guy that, well, first of all, he's always on the podcast. He's on here right now. Uh, the other thing is that he, he took the, we always say that Chris or I can get in any truck and improve the fuel mileage one mile per gallon. He, uh, he took that away from Chris because <laughs> he got in the classic and now he has it. I think the lifetime average is a, or since he's been in it, has been right at seven miles a gallon, maybe even higher than that, in a classic. Yeah. Uh, the best we were getting with Chris driving, it was five and a half, okay? But he's, uh, he, and he's in our platform division. Uh, Phil, our platform dispatcher, just in, loves working with him because he, he, he listens, he does what, you know, he, he's everything we talk about here. He seeks the knowledge, you know. Uh, he, pray, he, he doesn't just walk the walk. and I mean, he doesn't just talk the talk, he walks the walk. Uh, we're going to miss him. We wish him the best of everything. Uh, I think his plan is to, um, to buy a truck. I know he'll pay cash for it because he, he says his, his main gig is investing. His side gig is trucking. And I <laughs> firmly believe that. And um, he's going to buy a truck and put it on here at Blue Ribbon and we'll put a driver in it for him. And he'll be an owner, an absent owner and doing something up near his home. So, um, William, we, uh, we wish you all the best. Uh, I think the 23rd uh, next week is going to be his, his last day. But just want to publicly say how much we enjoyed working with you. Yeah. Appreciate having you here. And we want nothing but the best for you. So, Absolutely. We need three or four more of him. Yeah. If you've got any brothers or anything, send them down here, okay? So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a couple more quick questions. Mark says, what about people that are interested in becoming truck owners? Do you have mentorship? Yes. Um, yeah. Um, we're if, if, if you don't own a truck yet, we highly recommend that you get with us before you buy the truck. Buying yes. the truck is the single most important decision that you'll make. 
And if you buy the wrong truck, nothing we're going to do is going to be able to help. Well, I mean, we could help, but it's, it, we, we can't overcome buying the wrong truck. Right. So we need you to be on board with us before you buy the truck. We'd rather you come here and drive one of our trucks for a few months and then save the money, go pay cash for your truck and buy the right truck. So that's what we'd rather you do. But if you have a truck, uh, now you pretty much got to be at Landstar. You know, we don't really do a lot. I mean, we can do business coaching to anybody, but dispatching and, and, and the things that we do, we do it at Landstar. So you probably need to have your truck at Landstar. And again, even if we have people on our program that went and bought trucks and brought them on and put them on with us, they're the driver and the owner. They're two check system. By the mm -hmm. way, that will be the workaround for the AB5, just so you all know. We already got that workaround in place. But a two check system is how uh, we would work that. And you would own the truck and be the driver for the truck. Uh, it would just be leased on the Landstar through us. That would give you the, the same uh, education as if you were driving one of our trucks actually better because you got skin in the game. Yeah. So we would recommend that. So uh, I'm guessing Chris is asking is how about us outsiders, true independent owner operators are we invited? I guess it, to the bar. Yes, absolutely. Look for the people that have their own authority and are truly independent. They have my utmost respect, but I will not recommend most people to do that because of the risk level and that most people, will not have the discipline and attention to detail it takes to survive that. And that's why I don't recommend it to most people, but for the true independents, the ones that are, that are doing it and have been doing it for years, you absolutely have my respect. If it's working for you, fine. I mean, by all means, but for most people, it's, it, it's not the best choice because you, if you've been doing it for a while, you don't have the insurance problem. You probably don't have the, uh, the cash flow problem. You know, maybe you're not factoring every, you know, every invoice, but there's a lot of, there's a slippery slope there that new. And, and now let me, let me back up and say this to you as, as a Chris understand something here. Our primary market, our primary demographic is the first time owner operator buying the first truck. That's where most of our philosophy is directed to those people to keep them from making a mistake. Right. established people like yourself, maybe that's already successful doing with it. We're not trying to tell you to change what you do. We might be able to help you make better business decisions. We might help you save some pennies and pick them up off the ground and put them in your savings account, but we're not going to shit on what you're on your business model. We just don't want a brand new person to take that route up front because right. the failure rate is extremely high and it even higher in the, you know, it's 90, it's not out of 10 for everybody. It'd be nine and 0.9 out of 10 for people against their own authority right off the bat. So um, that doesn't mean what you're doing is wrong. It's just, that's not what we're going to teach people doing it for the first time. And, and just because we talk bad about that doesn't mean we don't think that you should do it. It's just that most people who are buying are doing this for the first time. That's not the most risk-free way to do. We're all about minimizing risk here because that's how you yep. stay in business is minimizing risk. And so if you've already overcome that risk and you're already doing it, by all means, you're, you know, you're invited. You know, we have a, a live event once a year. You're more than invited to, to, to come to that as well. You know, we teach business, you know, um, but, uh, yeah, we don't, we don't mean to exclude you, but, but understand who our primary market here is. Okay. We right. get, 
we get sometimes we take some crap from Landstar BCOs because they think, well, those blue ribbon guys, you have to buy an old truck. And no, 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 that, that your first truck needs to be an old truck that you right. pay cash for. So you don't so you can stay in business long enough to get a new truck and, and that sort of thing. So anyway, yes, you're welcome. Mark, you own a truck. You have your own authority working car hauling. Interested in what you do in Landstar. Well, I mean, we don't do car hauling at Landstar. Um, but we do general freight and platform and, um, you know, uh, if, if, um, send I, us an, send us an email. We'll talk. Yeah. About it. Yeah. We'll, we'll work. We'll work with you on individual. Well, we'll <laughs> finish this out. Williams comment. Thank you guys. I can't put into words how much appreciate everyone at blue ribbon. Um, well, you know, William, you're one of the guys that makes this worth doing. You yeah, know, absolutely. You've absolutely come in and, 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 and really absorbed, um, what we have to offer. Um, and it's been a absolute pleasure working with you. Absolutely. And best of luck to you, William, stay in touch. Okay. And, um, I don't know if I'll get to see you before you leave, but Bob, you know, you've got my, my utmost respect and, and, and I just, I wish you nothing but the best. So thank you for being here. And by the way, you don't have to drive that truck to Florida. <laughs> oh yeah. We found out you can just leave everything in West Virginia. Uh, yeah. William. So, and by the way, the airline tickets off too, by the way. So <laughs> anyway, all right, we'll be back next Sunday night at uh, 9 PM Eastern. Uh, everybody, uh, be cool and be safe. Uh, RJ. Yes, we do. West, yes, we do. Look at our website. Yeah. Blue ribbon logistics.com. And there is a, before I get to line, hang on a minute. And, and if not, sure. and if you don't understand RJ, just email me and I will get back with you. Re email me at Larry and uh, put up the banner, Chris, Larry at blue ribbon logistics.com. Yeah. And, um, uh, and I can reach out to you and get the information to you. Where is it at? Larry. It's, uh, it, well, I don't have the banner. It's, uh, blue ribbon logistics.com slash BCO mentoring. Okay. Uh, and, uh, or Larry at blue ribbon logistics.com. Yeah. Send us an email. Uh, send it there and I'll get it to you. So, yeah. All right, guys, uh, have a safe week. We'll see you next Sunday and uh, make some money, save some money. Okay. Absolutely. See y'all.